Hey y'all, welcome to Talking While Driving, a weekly podcast about the random things that go through my head while I drive around town. It's a look into the fascinating mind that I call home and all of its random and tangent-filled goodness. I am your host, Michelle Spivey. Thanks so much for joining me. It's my hope that this episode brings some kind of good into your day. And yes, I do record while I drive. So let's get into it, shall we? Y'all, it's cold out here. It is October. Like, it's cold. Currently 46 degrees. That's what my car is saying. And I think it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So that's fun. And then next week, next Friday, I think it's supposed to be, like, in the 60s again. So, you know, New England weather at its finest. But anyway... How are you guys doing? Welcome back to episode 42 of Talking While Driving with your host, Michelle Spivey. Um, October has been a weird month, and that's pretty on brand for October for me. Um, For the past, like, five years, October has always been, has, like, for some reason just been a month full of just like weird stuff like um and usually it's like for me it's like relationship stuff like like interesting things happen in this month uh uh with me and the men folk of the world and um this month was no different <laughs> I won't go into detail um but I will say that uh this month's encounter uh was it was great actually <laughs> it was it was really really nice um and that's all i'm going to say about that um but yeah uh there was outside of that um, just a lot of adulting going on and, uh, a lot of, uh, kind of like growing up, you know, and, um, refocusing, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I, how, how have, how has your October been? Cause mine has been, it's definitely had its ups and downs, um, I mean, like, not terrible, but, like, they've been there. And it's just been interesting. Uh, and I'm thankful for all of it, you know, all the things that have happened. But anyway, um, I had some stuff in my head last night, and I said, oh, okay, here we go. So, <laughs> so my new thing is um watching videos of people restoring things on YouTube because I just find it really really interesting. Um so I've uh I like stumbled upon a video on Facebook and this guy was restoring like a lighter or something or maybe like a knife like an old knife but it was like super rusty like super old you know, decades worth of rust on it. And 
he restored it and it was absolutely beautiful and I was like whoa this is cool um and so I've been like watching those videos before I go to bed for the past couple of nights because they're like really interesting and like relaxing and I find that they have like an AM an, an ASMR quality to them that I really really enjoy um and uh if you don't know what ASMR is I suggest you look it up and um your ears will thank you um <laughs> but yeah it's just been like really interesting um this one guy who I've been watching, uh, uh, usually he does a lot of lighters. Um, and that is, I find that interesting because like, um, I didn't know, and I'm not talking about like the lighters that you get like at a gas station, uh, you know, like the regular, like Bic lighters. Um, I'm talking about the other kind with the like lid. Uh, so he restores a lot of those. And then one guy did a really big, like a jumbo sized uh, lighter like that. And it was that was really interesting. Um, but I feel like I just find it interesting because like it goes in the bucket of things that I could watch all day. And that list includes uh, the moon, um, people making stuff. And it doesn't really matter what it is, just like anything made with your hands, you know, like, uh, or just in general, if you're making something, I'm all in, um, and construction sites. I love watching, I could watch those things all day long. Um, but I, but so the lighters I find really interesting because I didn't know what was inside of them. Like there are parts that I didn't know were included. And a lot of them have like this, like, it looks like cotton once you take it out. And it's basically like, uh, the lighter just kind of has like fluid that is like, like the cotton is just like soaked in that, but there's like, uh, a flint and a wick and uh just like how all of the parts come together to make a flame is really interesting to me um clearly because i'm talking about it um <laughs> so yeah i suggest you if you're interested you can uh hit up youtube and um just you know search restoration and you'll find a lot of things one guy last night um was making he was restoring a uh, a bread guillotine which I've never heard of before and then I watched another one of an old coffee grinder um and so like I've watched enough things of like things of people being of things being made by people to just kind of like do my own commentary so like one guy he was doing like an old iron uh apparently it was called an ox tongue iron and um he like took it all apart and I was like oh you're not gonna say you're not gonna let like how are you gonna get all that rust off like you're not gonna use a solution because there is like a rust remover solution that you can use but he sandblasted all the parts and I was like sandblasting I feel like that's gonna take a long time but there's something oddly satisfying about watching something being sandblasted so I think my next search is just gonna be things being sandblasted because <laughs> it's really interesting to watch like it's just super satisfying for the eye to just like watch something 
be like cleaned via uh, sandblast. Like it's really interesting. And then I'm also like looking at because of how my brain works. I'm also looking at the gloves that they use in those machines, and I'm wondering like what kind of uh, material those gloves are made out of because you know you're using like different things to sandblast stuff. You don't want your hands to like it can't penetrate the gloves. So I'm assuming it's like some kind of rubber, but like, I'm still curious about like what exactly the makeup is, but, um, I'll like watch and like, just kind of do my own like commentary on, um, thing. And then last night, so this one guy, he did, he was doing an, an old Japanese lighter and he had these like small parts and he was like, and he did, Uh, He cleaned them via electrolysis. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And that was very satisfying to watch also because like the the rush just kind of like melts off of the parts. And it was just really interesting. And then I'm sitting there like, how do these people like know what to do? Like, how do they know what method is going to work best for cleaning these parts like what like how much experience do you have to have and what kind of like specialized experience do you have to have because it's not just cleaning stuff like you have to be you have to also know how to make stuff too because some of these things um like with the lighter one of the wheels was missing so he had to make new wheels and he had to you know like you have to learn you have to know how to like use a lathe or you know like for wood or you know like you have to have special machines um to be able to make small wheels and like cut them out of um he made like four aluminum wheels but you know there's a special machine that you have to know how to use like it's not like you can just you know go into your uh you know like regular um garage and and do it like you need a like a full workshop if you're really going to be able to um you know restore certain things like with the iron the the handle had two holes in it that weren't centered so the guy had to fill the holes and then like drill new holes and then there's also like a creative component so like when you're cleaning stuff, sometimes the people will use, um, sand and they'll use, um, like a drill to kind of like, they'll put sand in a jar, put the pieces in the jar that need to be cleaned and they'll turn it, but they'll use a drill to turn the, the jar of sand to clean the parts. And I'm like, yo, that's mad creative. Like I never would have thought of that. So it's like, you, you think that you can actually go in and um like just do this thing and be like I can do that I can you know take some sandpaper and like clean this really old rusty knife but it's like nah fam like you actually kind of have to know what you're doing like even if you think that you can that you're just like taking rust off of this one thing like nah there's there's way more to it than that um And it's just really interesting to, like, see the different methods that there is to being able to just, like, make something straight. And then, (laughs) like, like make some, you know, like, restoring something. So, like, this. And then it also made me think of, like, how incredible, like, metal is itself. Because 
some of these things are so rusty like this one guy did a knife that had like just like layer after layer of rust on it like caked up rust on it and like you would think that it's unsalvageable but it like came back to life once he you know took all the rust off of it and kind of like sanded it down and like filed it down enough and you know he was able to like put a handle on it like a wooden handle on it and it turned out really nice um but I was like yo it just kind of made me think that like yo you can kind of bring anything back to life if you put enough effort into it um you know metal wise (laughs) that is um but it was just really interesting to see that like even if it has like all this rust on it you can you know still revive it and like make it beautiful and I'm sure that there's a metaphor for life in there if you want to you know uh put one on it you know put one on that explanation but like um but yeah it was just like super interesting and I'm also like what would compel you to want to restore something like that? Like, how do you fall into that business? And I mean, like, if you're just, I guess you could do it as a hobby, but like one guy has a sponsor. So I'm like, you're getting paid to do this. Like, where do you, do you just like dumpster dive or like, you know, go to flea markets and just like find really old things? Um, Like, I think one guy had a cleaver, he found a cleaver for like three dollars at like a farmer or like a flea market or something so i mean like i guess that's one place that you would be able to get like old stuff but i don't know it's just like super satisfying to watch something be like go from being like super dirty and like something that you think can't even be revived to just being like clean and shiny and beautiful and, um, I don't know. It's just really interesting to me, obviously. But, like, if you're curious about it the way I am, check it out on YouTube and just enjoy yourself. Like, it's, like, since, uh, it's gonna be my new thing that I, like, fold laundry to. Because I used to do it to, uh, Lovecraft Country. But since Lovecraft Country is, uh, the season ended... I need something else. So this is going to be definitely my new thing. But yeah, it's it's really amazing, uh, oddly satisfying. And yeah, do yourself a favor and watch it because it's great. Did you guys know that I sell merch? There's definitely podcast merch. Um... And I just updated it for the fall. So whereas there were uh, short sleeve shirts for the summer, um, there are now long sleeve shirts for the fall and the winter and also hoodies. Um, They have the Talking While Driving logo on them in white, black, and yellow. And um, you can get... Uh, hoodies and t-shirts in black, white, and gray, I believe. Um, there are also masks as well as, uh, mugs and stickers. And I'm actually really excited about the stickers because they're really cute and they have the, um, they are the, uh, the Talking While Driving logo. And I believe they are in black and yellow. And, um, I'll put a link 
to where you can get them uh, in the show notes. Um, it has been in the show notes, but I've just haven't talked about it. But yes, show your talking while driving pride. Buy some merch and feel good about yourself because you've done something good for the community. And when I say community, I mean me and also yourself. <laughs> um, and I'm proud of it, uh, proud of the merch because I designed it and uh, the logo that is. And it's really cute. And um, yeah, I actually have one of the hoodies. The, my favorite is actually the shawl collar hoodie. Um, but I have the hoodie, uh, I have a, it's another design that I did, uh, like a while ago, but, um, the hoodie itself is, uh, it's nice and soft and warm and it's like heavy enough for the, the fall, uh, for like hoodie season. Um, and it's great. Uh, I myself will be buying some merch. Um, but yes, in addition to cookies, (laughs) Uh, there is podcast merch available. Get yours today. Guys, so I went to the eye doctor yesterday, finally, after like, I don't know, it had probably been like two years since I've actually been to the eye doctor. Anyway, remember how I was telling you that my vision is terrible? Well, it was, you know confirmed basically still that I have terrible vision. Um, and, (laughs) um, as such my, because my vision is so bad, my, um, and I'm extremely nearsighted. Um, my lenses are very, very expensive. So I went to, uh, uh, vision works yesterday and, um, while the lady, and I was looking around for glasses and of course I have expensive taste on like a $10 budget. So I picked out these really cute, um, long chomp glasses, these frames that were two fifty, And I was like, of course I would like these ones. There was another pair that were Ray-Bans that were basically the same price. Um, again, another very expensive brand. And I was like, why did I, why? Um, knowing I don't have any money to pay for any of this right now. So whatever. So I pick out a, another frame uh, that is similar to both of them, but they like, uh, but it was like half the price. So she like, you know, totals everything with all the, you know, bells and whistles of the stuff that I want on my glasses. And they have a buy one, get one free promotion. Uh, and... I was like, all right, well, and of course you can't get the most expensive pair as the free one. That just, cause you know, loopholes, they already know. They're like, no, we're not going to let you guys do that. We, come on. What do you think this is? <laughs> like we're a business. We're trying to make money. What are we idiots? So, <laughs> so I was like, I'll just get the one pair. So if I had done the buy one, get one and like without the, like, uh, the promotion, it would have come up to like $1,400 for two pairs of glasses, including the lenses and um, the other stuff that I that I wanted, which was really just like trying to get the thinnest pair of glasses and the thinnest pair of lenses that I could get considering how strong my prescription is, as well as transitions on my lenses uh, so that when I step outside, they change color. They darken up. 
Um, and I was just like, wow, $1,400, huh? That's crazy. And so, like, that's insane. And so she was like, but with the promotion, of course, it would have been half the price, like seven something. And so apparently my insurance gives me like 25% off. And so that would have brought it down to like 500 something. So if I had paid that much money, those would have been the most expensive pair of glasses that I've ever purchased. The most expensive pair that I've ever bought were from Warby Parker and um, they were $500. And that was with my insurance. Um, now I didn't have to come out of pocket for that, luckily, uh, because I had a flex spending account at the time, whatever. Um, and it's tragic, honestly, because one, I don't even wear those glasses anymore. And because like when they, the cut of the lenses is like, like wonky. Like when I put them on, it just nothing it just like doesn't feel clear like I look I feel like I'm drunk like it's just weird so I don't even wear those glasses anymore also they're like I've learned from like three pairs three or four pairs of glasses that for my in in order for my glasses to be comfortable I need nose pads because if I don't if they're sitting directly on my nose they're too close to my face and my eyelashes and my eyelashes smudge up my my lenses and it just drives me insane so like after spending hundreds of dollars wasted, like hundreds of dollars wasted on that, uh, I, you know, have finally figured it out. However, in all of that, I'm just like, bro, I didn't ask to be like, I didn't ask for bad vision. Like, this is ridiculous. Also, the other messed up thing about having bad vision is that LASIK is considered cosmetic surgery. So it's not even covered by my insurance. Like, and I was just like, okay, um, but, but I didn't ask, I didn't ask for, for bad vision. So like, how is it not, not covered? Like that doesn't, okay, insurance company. Like I see how you're getting around, like not having, you know, just keeping people, you know, uh, paying for things that they, I mean, like now some people are not candidates for LASIK, but I am. My doctor was like, yeah, you're a perfect candidate for LASIK. Uh, however it is, I would have to pay $6,000 out of pocket just for it. Um, so now I have to save up for LASIK because my vision is just going to get worse and worse. And I know that I'm just going to need it eventually, but I'm just like, bro, Having bad vision is ridiculously expensive, especially if your vision is like mine and it's absolutely terrible. Like a lot of the time I forget that I forget how bad my vision is because I wear my glasses all the time. Like I literally need them to see like if I don't have them on, I'm like as blind as a bat and it's ridiculous. Like the doctor yesterday was like, yeah, you kind of need them for at this point. You need it for safety reasons (laughs) because you can't see anything without them. (laughs) So yeah, it's just like, oh my God, this is, it's like, what? Like when she said 1,400 and something dollars, I was like, I was like that, that the meme of that guy who's like just blinking and like, like, oh, okay. Like, sure let me just hand you over that much money just for my like for my glasses just so that I can see the world around me like like fam this is insane the amount of money that I have to pay just to be able to see like are you kidding me (laughs) 
was just ridiculous. Like, so unfair. So I was like, okay, well, thank you. I'm going to take this prescription and shop around because this is, I'm not paying uh, $1,400 or $700 or $500 for a pair of glasses. Like, the cheapest amount of glasses, the amount of money that I've ever paid for glasses uh, in recent years is like just over $100, which I was like floored by. And uh, I think it's actually the pair that I have on now, which is my most comfortable pair, which I've been wearing for like three years because it has nose pads. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, this pair uh, the that I currently have is great. Uh, and, and it also sucks that like I can't even buy a frame and then take it to a place to have them put lenses in it because they're like yeah we're not going to do that because like if it breaks then we can't get another pair like and then you're kind of just like asked out because now you have to buy a whole nother pair of glasses and you know like we've like like you know it's just not a good look for us so I was like uh, all right great just great. And then like, I'm wary of buying glasses online because if I, um, I need, there's like one more measurement that I need that I don't have. And, um, in order to like have the glasses like made properly and I'm just like, but what if I get them back and I don't like them? And then like, I could do like a home try on thing, but then like, I'd have to like, see what glasses I want, have them, you know, like sent to me, try them on and then like send them back. And I don't even know if they're doing that because of COVID. Like, it's just a whole lot. And then like, if I pick out, pick out a pair and then like send them back and because my lenses are so, my uh, prescription is so strong, the glasses are not going to look the same when I get them back. Like they're going to look a little bit different because my, my lenses are so thick. So it's just like, oh, I have to think about that. And then like, it's just a whole thing guys. Like, and I'm excited to get new glasses. Like I love getting new glasses, but like, it's just like, why? I just hate that they're so expensive. Like at this point, I know that I'm going to, and I like, I know that I'm going to pay a lot of money. And so like I left yesterday and I was like, I really have to give up like an arm and a leg. Like they're really charging me an arm and a leg and maybe my firstborn just for <laughs> some glasses. Like just so I can see. It's just, it is ridiculous and just not fair. Like there's nothing fair about it. And <sighs> I, it's just, it, it's comical to me. Like the amount of money that I spent over the years, like buying glasses is, has been ridiculous. And now, I mean, like, so when I was a kid, uh, I had bought, my mom had bought me a new pair of glasses and, um, I honestly didn't like them. They were like this pink acetate that I just like, didn't like. And I was like, come on, man, I look like a nerd and this is not cool. Like it was like in the nineties and I think it was maybe like second grade or something like that. So I lost those glasses uh, like maybe the, the next day, <laughs> like at least like the first week that I had those glasses, I lost them. My mother tore me up. Like I, I don't think I've ever had a, a beaten that bad in my life. Like I was not good at all. So like, I get it. I understand. I don't know how much those pair, those glasses were, but like we were poor enough that it was a lot. And I 
got my ass beat for it. Um, and so I understand, like, the amount of money from, like, second grade to now being 31 years old that has been spent on eyesight, just so I can see, has it is in the thousands at this point. And it's just... <laughs> Like, it's just comical, the amount of money. Like, $700? Are you kidding me? Just for just for two pairs of... Get out of here. I can't. Like, and then, like, to have to pay $6,000 out of pocket just to get some LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> LASIK eyeball surgery so that I can see the world around me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just ridiculous. Guys... Um, if you can help it, if your eyes and Jesus will allow you to keep your vision, do that as best you can, okay? Because it is not fun in these uh, uh, not being able to see streets, these visionless streets. It is not cool out here, fam. Like, do whatever you can to keep your vision. Because I'm telling you, it is, it's expensive, Thank you guys so much for joining me today. If you liked today's episode, please rate and review it. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave a donation on the podcast website, anchor.fm slash talking while driving, or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash talking while driving. You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at the handle at talking while driving. Thanks again for listening, guys. Make sure to come back next week for another episode of talking while driving.